0: Hey, this is Lisa, and you can catch up with me on Twitter. You can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie. Um, and when you join our Patreon, you do get a weekly bonus episode of everything that I've watched that week. People often ask me what other films I'm watching or for reviews. That's all on the Patreon. And I want to take a moment to thank our top patrons there, Chris Balga, Jeff Widman, Philip Barker, Michael Cross, and Josh Johnson. Thank you so much for keeping the lights on. Uh, And if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. And I've got a new voice on the... Well, let me just address. I know that I sound a little bit off. (laughs) Um, I am recovering from COVID. It finally came for me, so I'm recovering Um, so bear with me in this episode if I sound a little different, but anyway, focus off of me onto my guest. I've got Dan Harris on the podcast. Say hi, Dan. Hi. Hi, Dan. Um, now if people haven't heard you on the podcast before, which this is your first time, so they have not, uh, would you mind introducing yourself just a little bit? Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, I'm Dan Harris. I'm from the UK and I like my films and wrestling. And I also know Robbie Fleming and Justin Dole and Cody House. You've heard of them?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good friends. Well, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be on the podcast. Now, for those listening at home, I always let my guest pick the movie. So what movie did you choose to talk about today?
1: Home Alone 2, Lost in New York.
0: I love this choice. Um, I have not seen this movie in years so I have to say the the rewatch was a treat I think I was pleasantly surprised um, I mean I remember liking it as a child but I thought oh you know I've always heard the second one wasn't as good you know maybe I just had rose colored lenses I don't know I went back and watched this and I, I greatly enjoyed it so I'm really glad you picked it um, Before we go too far forward, I do want to let our guests know that I don't do like a spoiler-free, spoiler-filled reaction. So we are going to talk about this film, and if you want to see it, you can. Right now it's on Disney+. Plus. So go ahead and pause here if you haven't seen it yet, watch it, and come back. If you're still with us, here's the synopsis. After snarky youth Kevin McAllister loses track of his father at the airport, he mistakenly gets on a plane headed for New York City while the rest of the McAllisters fly to Florida. Now alone in the Big Apple, Kevin cons his way into a room at the plaza and begins his usual antics. But when Kevin discovers that the Sticky Bandits are on the loose, he struggles to stop them from robbing an elderly man's toy store just before Christmas. Alright, so, Dan, what what is your history with this movie? When did you first see it? I
1: think it was about 1994 when it came out, or 1995.
0: Did you see it at the theaters?
1: Yeah, I did. I went my oh, door.
0: nice. I'm trying to remember if I did. I, I can't really remember if I did or not, but I remember really enjoying it. Um, I remember Kevin having that little... What, what What's the the uh, technology he uses in it? The little recorder?
1: It was those as things? Yeah. I can't remember what they're called.
0: It might have been like a talkback or something like that, but... I remember that, I mean, this movie is basically an ad for that thing, and it was something you could buy, and everyone wanted one. I mean, he made it seem so cool in the movie. Oh, he like, did, yeah. I <laughs> really wanted one. I remember that sticking out in my mind the most. Um, So you saw this in theaters, and obviously it was a good memory. Um, oh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> um. Did it make you want to, like, visit New York? It did, yeah. Yeah, me too. I think movies really romanticize New York. You know, for someone... I know you're you're in the UK. For someone even in, here in the States, you know, New York is very far from Texas and I had never been. And movies just make it seem so magical. And New York is really beautiful, especially around Christmas. So it is a really good setting for the film. Um, so this sequel was also directed uh, by Chris Columbus, which is probably why it's not a terrible sequel. <laughs> it's a great director. Yeah. Um, and I have a couple of quick facts I wanted to share about the film with you, too. Uh, number one, Macaulay Culkin was paid $4.5 million to star in the movie. This was the biggest salary ever given to an 11-year-old child actor. You can't really overstate how popular Macaulay Culkin was because of these films.
1: Yeah.
0: He was just everywhere, um... This movie was also shot at the plaza uh, in a Central Park suite and the phone number given uh, for the plaza in the movie is the actual working number or was a working number. Maybe not for the plaza specifically, but it's unique because a lot of times in movies they provide fake phone numbers, but it sounds like they had a real one for this one. Um, And then my last one was in Home Alone. uh, Kevin watched a movie called you guys may know this fact already, but he calls him, uh, he watches a movie called angels with filthy souls. And in this movie, he watches the sequel angels with even filthier souls, uh, like the first film, uh, angels with filthy souls, angels with filthier souls is not a real movie and was filmed separately from, and specifically for home alone 2. Um, I remember realizing that that movie he watches in the first one wasn't real. That like blew my mind. So that was something that I I don't think I learned till I was an adult. How about you?
1: Yeah, I I did. I thought it was real when I first saw it, but then get when well, I get older, a yeah was it yeah.
0: Real. <laughs> yeah, as you get older you're like, okay, this it does not seem like a true classic film, but it's and it's very funny. Like that the the clip in this movie is even campier and funnier, I think, than the first one. But yeah. very good. So, um so we usually talk about the cast. I don't know. Did you want to go through the cast of this film?
1: Yeah, it's got Tim Curry. Amazing. Brilliant actor.
0: I know. he he. It's, it's so funny because I think when I saw this, I don't know that I necessarily knew who Tim Curry was. I don't know if I had seen Clue yet or a lot of his other movies, but it's really fun to go back and watch a film like this and realize how many famous people are in it.
1: Even Donald Trump makes the parents.
0: He does. (laughs) Because they're at, I guess, because of the hotel they're at. And also, he was kind of everywhere in the 90s, you know, kind of in pop culture. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's a a scene where Kevin asks where the lobby is, and he tells him. um, Yeah.
1: Joe, Joe Pesci.
0: Yeah, we got Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern back in this one. Thank goodness, because they're, like, the most lovable sticky bandits ever yeah i feel like obviously kevin is such a big part of why these movies are so good but or macaulay colgan rather um but yeah. i also have to say the sticky bandits i mean you gotta have them and they're very their comedic timing they're, they're jokes the fact that joe pesci was able to like not curse <laughs>
1: yeah
0: in a movie is very i mean you know impressive but they're a big part of why this film is so great
1: i think daniel stern's more like the comedy
0: mm-hmm. part. yeah he's the, the goofier one
1: yeah the goofy
0: he's a great character actor oh he is and we can't forget about katherine o'hara as kevin's mom for years after this in my mind she was kevin's mom
1: <laughs> yeah man john heard
0: john heard too yeah as, I'm sorry, but some of the worst parents.
1: <laughs> oh, they are.
0: <laughs> they're terrible. They leave their kids behind. But you know what? I feel like 90% of Kevin's success, I mean, he's got pad, bad parents, but they're they're loaded. So, you know, I, I think that really helps <laughs> in his antics. It does. Um, is there anyone? Oh, uh, what about, uh, we you already?
1: Also, he's got his Kieran, his other brother, real life. The one with the glasses? I can't think of his name.
0: Oh, uh, Kieran Culkin?
1: That's it, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who's, like, almost debatably the bigger star now. He's in a lot of stuff. Because I think he's the one that's in Succession, right? Have you watched that show on HBO, Succession? I'm, I'm, like, kind of obsessed with it. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's so good. But it's, yeah, Kieran Culkin, yeah. And then um, isn't Rob Schneider in this too?
1: Yeah, he's one of the dopey butlers. Like, I think.
0: Yeah, like bellhop or butler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great too um, in this. Um, which it's weird. It's like again, like he was a big fixture around that time, uh, SNL and other stuff. So it's like funny to go back and watch this and be like, oh, like a lot of stars in this one, but. Very good. Well, um, you know, we
1: oh, Irish there's an Irish actor in it actress in it, the one that plays the bird Pigeon Lady.
0: Oh really? I didn't realise that.
1: Yeah, she's she 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 was in a like TV V programme in the United Kingdom called Casualty, she played a nurse.
0: Oh, Brenda Fricker, I guess is her name. Yeah, that's it. I do notice and I'm sure you notice this too, that she's homeless, but it's like why is she British? <laughs> And, like, they're in New York. I just, I don't know. I never noticed that as a kid, but now that I'm older, I'm like, that seems a little weird. I mean, not that it's impossible, but it's, like, it's kind of strange.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But very cute, and she is, comes across so sweet. So I'm not familiar with her work, but, so she's a big star over there?
1: She used to be, like, in Casualty. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Well, we've talked about a couple Chris Columbus, you know, uh, films before, and he's made so many, you know, treasured films, including some in the Harry Potter series. Um, and so this kind of has all those hallmarks of just being a very endearing movie, including the soundtrack, I think too, uh, by John Williams, right? Also, it's so popular that here, um, oh, and it's written by John Hughes. I should mention that too. I mean, it's kind of obvious it's written by John Hughes (laughs) when you watch it, but, um, it's just got his flair all over it. But, um, yeah, the score is so popular to this day and a lot of the music from these two movies that, like, here in Dallas, probably every year, um, our local symphony does, like, a Home Alone Christmas, you know, symphony uh, special. Yeah. Because I think it, it, the movies are were wildly popular, but I also feel like the music, specifically the Christmas music, and it just really... It's, it's very uh, sweet and comforting and... And, and people still really love it. Um, did you have any favorite scenes from the movie that you wanted to discuss?
1: Probably like when they go to when the two, Marth and Harry, go to try and attack Kevin. She gets they all get pigeons on him. <laughs> oh but yeah. Like Marth-
0: I feel like there's a lot of subtle stuff with the pigeons throughout the movie. Don't you think? Like, there's a part where um, Joe Pesci, like, he hits, they're at that skating rink, and he's, like, shooing the pigeons away, and then we see the pigeon lady, and then later the pigeons attack them. Like, there's a motif of pigeons throughout this movie. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, What's another scene that you really liked?
1: So when they, the butlers all go in to trying to get the money off Kevin, and they play that, that film that <laughs> bloke,
0: Angels with Filthier Souls.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, this is like a repeat of a joke from the first movie. Um, I think with the first one it was with the pizza guy. Um yeah. In the second one, it's to get uh, Tim Curry's character kind of off his back. Uh, cause Jim Curry is starting to suspect that Kevin is not alone in this hotel room or that he is alone and that parents aren't in the picture that he's pulling some kind of prank. And so, uh, Kevin fortunately has this recording from early on in the film where, um, he recorded his uncle in the shower Frank. without his knowledge. Yeah. Frank. <laughs> and, it, and he has this really funny exchange where Frank laugh, screams at him and calls him a pervert and stuff. And so, uh, you know, he plays that when Tim Curry kind of walks in on him and then, you know, so that gets Tim Curry out of there right away. He's very embarrassed. And then later in the film, when Tim Curry and and the hotel staff are like ready to confront Kevin again, uh, he plays this clip from angels, angels with filthier souls. Yeah. And it kind of plays off of the first one. It's got a lot of the same beats, but the fact that he's, like, telling him, you were smooching everybody, even old Bob, and, old, and there's a guy named Bob that happens to be there. It's very, very silly, but it is very, very funny. Always, oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Um, let's see, for me, so, okay, I really liked the first one, obviously, a lot, and... In the second one, you know they've got to pick something different, right? You know we can't just he can't just be home alone again. So the first one he's alone because everybody accidentally leaves without him after he gets in a fight. Starts another fight, uh, this time because he was at a a Christmas play at school, I guess, or church, and uh, Buzz was messing with him again. And uh, anyway, he. He goes to punch Buzz and it causes this huge disaster. Everything is destroyed and everyone's mad at Kevin again. And he's kind of known as this sort of like Dennis the Menace type character that's always in trouble. But what the adults don't seem to ever pick up on is that, you know, he's getting picked on. And that's why he's reacting the way he does. Uh, His mom tries to make him apologize to everybody. He kind of refuses. And this is the catalyst for him getting left not at the airport this time. They kind of do a fake out where he's like in the car and, um, at the last second, they're like, where's Kevin? And he's there. So you're like, okay, they can't lose him this time. This time they lose him at the airport and he ends up getting on another plane when he follows someone that kind of looks like his dad. But this goes back to my theory. You know, I've got a couple of theories about Kevin. I think Kevin would be an angel if he was just in a different family.
1: <laughs> he would.
0: Cause nobody listens to him. And also his family is very, um, They're very bad at keeping up with him. Like, I get that he looked down for a second, but you need to, I don't know, like, maybe put a little leash on this kid, like the little, you know, attach things or like hold his hand, something. He's always getting left behind. So, and this is a long time ago for those listening at home. You, you can't just board the wrong plane these days. Typically.
1: No, you can't.
0: (laughs) Pre 9-11. So you were able to just kind of walk on to a, a flight and no one said anything. Although I think there was a kid a few years ago that, I don't know how he did it, but he he got on, he or she got on a flight and ended up in another city, but it's very hard to do. And this is how he ends up in New York. Instead of being afraid, he's like pumped. And I feel like this movie is kind of an ad for New York too, because he does a lot of like touristy things that feel very much like, come to New York and enjoy it, you know? um what was another scene that you really enjoyed
1: wait befriend it's the toy owner guy
0: oh duncan oh yeah duncan. so there, there's a toy shop of course a child like their favorite thing to do would be go to a toy shop i guess they couldn't say fao schwartz because i think that's the the toy shop that he's kind of in really like in New York um there's a big toy store called that I don't I think it's still around I'm not sure actually but when I was younger it was everywhere they had like a lot of different ones there was even one where I lived and it was just an incredible store but you know thanks to Amazon and online shopping in general there's not really a lot of toy stores anymore so we don't have these as fixtures but you know used to be you had to go to the toy store to buy all the toys so of course that's where Kevin's going to go first and he meets Duncan. Well, he meets him and thinks he's just like a kind old man, right? Yeah. And uh what is Duncan like what what's their interaction again? What do they
1: Duncan's like saves money up to so he gives some money like to the children's charity and he gives Kevin some angel rings, some birds.
0: Just oh, that's right. right. Yeah, Kevin uh he donates twenty dollars to the toy fund. He he went there with the intention of spending money, but he's so moved by Duncan's pitch about you know that that all the money that night on Christmas Eve is going to go towards children in, at a hospital that he donates money. And then there's a moment where he like looks he looks back and Duncan's gone, and then he looks at the wall and sees that he was talking to Duncan, and they kind of make you think he's a ghost almost. Yeah but he later turns out to be real. <laughs> yeah, and that, and this is going to lead into the Sticky Bandits come back in to play here.
1: Yeah, because Kevin's got that cam cord, hasn't he? Yep. Again. Like he takes photos of them.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, earlier in the movie, the Sticky Bandits see Kevin, you know, what are the odds? They're in New York, he's in New York. And they try to grab him, but he screams and he gets away. And they come up with this plan to rob the toy store. But Kevin uses a camera and takes pictures of them. And that's when they really... That really sets them off. You know, they already don't like him. And now they've got to get rid of him. And so we've got to have another, you know... I think they call it now, pulling a home alone. Another booby trap situation.
1: Yeah. And there's one where they're crossing the road. And Kevin pinches the ladies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then she turns around, and Marv's sort of smiling.
0: (laughs) Poor Marv. Yeah, I like how, too, like, when they were at the ice skating rink, Marv is, Marv, sorry, not Mark, Marv is, like, stealing all that stuff from people, like the scarves and hats and just stuff he doesn't even need. They're just, like, kleptomaniacs, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good one. Oh, I think it's called... Is it called a talk boy? Is what the little thing Kevin had I was called.
1: That, yeah.
0: I feel like I had one, or I had something very similar to it. I think there was also a little thing called a Talkback or something like that. It was like a very small version, just that could you could hold in your hand. That would distort your voice and stuff. I feel like voice distorting and pranks using those went on for years because
1: of this movie. Yeah
0: um let's see what's another scene that you really enjoyed
1: they go to the old house and kevin sets up all the booby traps
0: oh yeah that's right so kevin's family has an uncle i believe that lives in new york and there's a scene where his parents are like oh i wonder if he would think to go to his uncle's house and then the husband is like well wait aren't they renovating it And so it's all, like, abandoned. They're not even staying there right now. Um, It's being totally remodeled. But it does become a base for Kevin to set up in there after he gets kind of kicked out of the hotel. Or leaves the hotel because the jig is up. And so he stays in that hotel. um, Or not in that hotel. He stays in that apartment, rather. And then he ends up uh, meeting up with the, the pigeon lady again. Yeah. And the pigeon lady never thinks to, like, call CPS or anything. She's just like, oh, okay, hey, Kevin. (laughs) And she tells him he can make up for all the bad stuff he's done by doing a good thing on Christmas Eve. And so Kevin decides that he's going to stop the sticky bandits from robbing the toy store. And you said you kind of liked the scenes in the house. Was there a particular scene in the house that you really liked?
1: Where the mouth puts his hands in when he gets electrocuted, and he goes, "Oh,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, sort of animated. let's see, yeah, that part kind of scared me as a kid, actually, <laughs> not as an adult though it's pretty silly, so can't be too scared watching it, um. It's... But uh, how about the toy store? I feel like the toy store is a good setup for, like, a lot of their, the traps that Kevin has and ways to get out of yeah. things.
1: I like the way he chucks it, throws a brick for a window. Oh, yeah. Then he calls the cops and he gives some money to replace the window.
0: Oh, yeah, that was nice of him. And, like, I saw, too, that, um, or I read this thing that, like, I, and I kind of remember seeing it on YouTube a few years ago, but like some doctors um, explained like what Marv and uh, Joe Pesci's character could live through and not live through. And I think the brick was <laughs> something that they probably would not have lived through if, they, if it was no. real, but you know, they get pretty maimed in these movies and they kind of deserve it. So it's fine. Yeah. This, this whole toy thing is what really turns things around for Kevin. He goes from being the bad guy kind of for, you know, spending all that money on his dad's credit card to uh to the good. hmm he, he ends up good. hmm Yeah, he gets his name in the paper and all that kind of stuff, so things turn around for his family when they when they get to New York they all get to stay at that hotel. They get all those presents from Duncan's toy chest too.
1: Yeah. And then he gets the bill.
0: Oh yeah, then he gets the bill and then <laughs> which it doesn't sound like a lot of money nowadays. It was like $800. I was like, "Oh, it's not bad." But probably not 1990. My husband pointed out that um all the stuff that Kevin's getting, it's like ice cream and so... he's like, "How much could that really be?" <laughs> he's not getting alcohol. He's a child. So not too much money, but yeah, his dad is upset. I know, I feel like he's fortunate that his family's so well off, because, I mean, for any other family, like, running up all this money on a credit card would be, you know, the end. Like, that would be terrible.
1: Oh, it would. (laughs)
0: But So, um, what are some of your favorite things about this movie? Like, I know you like a lot of you know, uh, when he's interacting with the bandits and things like that. But why do you feel such an attachment to the movie?
1: It's just like memories growing up, my younger.
0: Yeah. Was it like a movie that you saw yearly?
1: It was, yeah. It's like every Christmas. You used to watch it. Yeah.
0: Do you prefer this one to the first one?
1: I do, yeah. Yeah.
0: And what do you think, what what do you like more about the second one?
1: got more like comedy for you especially like tim curry
0: oh yeah tim curry can improve any movie (laughs) he's always an upgrade um yeah i agree i think there's more humor in this one i i was really pleasantly surprised i really liked maybe the first one's a better like in air quotes movie like but this one has a lot more comedy a lot more cameos like i just i don't know i really enjoyed it I like the setting of New York, and I I don't know why, but I always love when things are set in hotels. (laughs) I just love staying in hotels. So that part, I think, I really enjoy, too. What are some good memories you have around watching it? Like, do you have any personal memories that you remember from watching the film?
1: We used to watch it with my mom and dad, and my my mom and dad are no longer here.
0: Oh, rest in peace. Sorry to hear that.
1: Okay. I used to watch that with them and my brother and sister.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's a good memory to have. It's funny how, you know, it's it's a movie and it's it's a big blockbuster film, but like you, I have a lot of really warm memories attached to films that I watched with my family. And the theme in the movie is very, you know, centered on family. Like he is angry at them, but by the end he's like, I love them, they can do no wrong I, I want to yeah. be with them again. And, you know, speaking of, of you know, his parents, um, specifically Catherine O'Hara, I read that she was worried that his the mother character is not coming across warm enough and that she actually asked for scenes to be added where she seemed more concerned and more invested in finding him. And uh I think that's that was probably a good choice and also he has a moment where he specifically says that he misses everyone, especially his mother.
1: Yeah, I think he has a like a bond close bond with his mom, but not his dad.
0: Yeah, his dad feels too busy or some I don't know. But you know, it's probably plays on maybe the writer's connection to his mother, maybe. You know, maybe he had a closer relationship with his mother than his father. I also feel like just in society in general, the older movies, um, focus more on the mother sometimes because it seems like the dad was less in the picture as they are typically portrayed today kind of like a generational thing but yeah he has a close bond he and his mother have a pretty combative relationship but at its core they they love each other i'm gonna venture a guess and say that you know if this were like if there were like a home alone universe that Catherine o'hara's character was probably a lot like kevin when she was a child because she's also kind of rambunctious and, I don't know, they, there's an energy that's similar to both of them, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Maybe that's why she's so hard on him, you know? <laughs> so, we were talking earlier about New York. Um, when you saw this movie growing up, did you ever tell your family, like, oh, I want to go to New York, or did, did, were there any places you wanted to go specifically?
1: Like Mainly, like, New York's, like, the scenery.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, all the, like, Times Square and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, like, WWE, I'm a wrestling fan. I've always wanted to go to America to watch that.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know much about wrestling, but, you know, it is big here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, as a kid, New York and Chicago, it, also there were a lot of films in Chicago in the 90s, too, and and Kevin's from Chicago, so in the first movie he's in Chicago. Um, Chicago and New York were places I really wanted to go because... I saw them all the time in all my favorite films, so definitely uh, was excited. And I I love all the stuff that Kevin goes through in the movie, like, um, you know, when he gets the pizza and the limo. Like, it seems so silly now. Like, it's funny trying to think of what kids would find super exciting, but as a kid, a pizza and a limo sounded amazing. And then he's drinking, like, Coke out of a champagne glass. I mean, all that that sounded fun to me. I have to wonder, like did this movie make me want to stay in a a ritzy hotel? You know, I just, I really enjoyed it from watching it. But, um, yeah. Are there any, uh, you mentioned already Kieran Culkin. He's the kid that, uh, drinks too much. I feel like in the first movie they said Pepsi and in the second movie it's Coke, but he drinks too much before he goes to bed. So he always wets the bed, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that joke is very funny now as an adult. Um, and and then buzz buzz is probably the other kid we see the most too the bully yeah, then you
1: got... and frank's always like bullying kevin
0: oh yeah there's uncle frank yeah you know it feels very much like a, a big family although i said it in the first one and i know i keep harping on it but i'm going to say it again his house is nice <laughs> i think oh, it it's... Is nice. <laughs> it's it's probably yeah it it was a time when people had really big houses, but it's like, man, if I was in that big house, I mean, I can see why the whole family stays there, you know? Yeah. It's got a lot of rooms. Um, and then even like the hotel suite at the end is so nice too. It's like, wow, different, different time. <laughs> um, well, were there any other scenes or things that you wanted to talk about the film that you had on your list?
1: No, I can think of no.
0: Okay, well, no problem. Um, so if you had to sum up, you know, what, what do you think you like? Why do you think you keep coming back to this movie? What do you like about it?
1: Just more like the comedy, comedy light side.
0: Yeah, it is a lighter comedic Christmas movie. Um, and if somebody were to ask you, you know, I've never seen Home Alone or Home Alone 2, How how would you how would you kind of Pitch the movie to them.
1: I'd say watch the first one first. Oh, for sure. Kevin's backstory. And if you like your comedy side, then watch that.
0: Yeah, I agree. The second one, I think, is a little bit funnier. It's got a retread of some of the jokes from the first one, but I think it's different enough for a sequel to be entertaining, for sure.
1: Because they do change their... Like the Wet b- Bandits, the first one, and then I think the second one—they're
0: called Sticky Bandits. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice that. Good call. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice that. Very cool. Yeah, and I think we've covered the first Home Alone on the podcast, so you could also go back and listen to that episode if you want. But um yeah, I think the second one is a pretty strong sequel. I actually really enjoyed it. I'm glad that you mentioned it. I watched it. You know, here at home next to my Christmas tree with all my decorations and my Christmas PJs. And it, it felt like, I don't know, I felt like a kid again. I felt like I was reliving that experience of watching it when I was younger. I really enjoyed it. Um, well, Dan, thank you so much, you know, for taking the time. Thank you for picking this film and for thank taking for the have... time. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Say that one more time. I talked over you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you, and I hope to have you back soon. All
1: right, thank you.